This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mug Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and it is time to talk about those dirty cherries. Sam Heskiff is in the passenger seat this week, and riding in the back is Beats and Represent Radio's very own Joe Walker. And we'll be discussing the passing of Ray Wilkins, changing kickoff times, player of the month, further injuries, predictions and probably about how much I hate Harry Arter. The opposition fan this week from Cherry Chimes, which is Peter, and we'll also be here what Dave's been moaning about. As always, before all of that, head over to holradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Right, yes, so welcome Sam to the show this week, as always. Hello, mate. How's it going? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, and of course, Joe Walker, uh, Beats' very own, Represent Radio's very own. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on again. Always yeah. enjoy. Of course. Um, Beats is new since last time. How did that come about? Oh, just a little out of the blue. I, I, I Just on a whim, someone had put me forward for to cover, do like paternity cover there. I didn't get it, but I'd made apparently a decent enough impression that I got a phone call about 12 months later saying, would you come in and try again? And I'd, I'd long, I'd never really, radio is something I do for fun. So it was quite in, it's within a few months, I've suddenly had to, I've just gone with the flow actually. I don't know, it's quite. Are you still waiting for that call back from Palace when Chris Grierson quits? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding out for. It's funny because, that was my first real attempt at presenting full start. I just thought, well, I might as well give that a go. Mm. And every now and then, someone will f- just throw that link up on me, <laughs> just to remind me. So yeah. stiff in that. Oh, my gosh. Yes, no, you've got to give it a go, though. So, um, right, uh, we'll start with some sad news this week. Obviously, uh, I say former Palace player, Ray Wilkins, <laughs> um, all of 82 minutes that he played for us before breaking his foot. Um, obviously, sadly, passed away at the age of 61. Heskiff, I'd, it's, isn't it strange that people 
wait until people die before they say a bunch of lovely stuff about him because all I've been hearing about what a great guy Ray Wilkins was and I never knew this while he was alive. Yeah, it's true, actually. I hadn't really thought about it, um, but I guess that in itself proves your point. Um, I didn't really have an opinion on him either way. I mean, he obviously, he, he played for Palace briefly. Um, but yeah, everyone seems to have loads of uh, nice things to say about him and, and not only as a, a player, but as a bloke. So it's obviously, yeah, very sad. Yeah, I mean, um, it was a right old tearjerker on Talk Sport when um, an ex-soldier phoned in who was homeless and Ray Wilkins came and sat down next to him and had a chat with him. Um, gave him 20 quid, took him for a coffee. And I um, mean, the guy used, ended up using the 20 quid to go to a, um, a homeless shelter that night and get like a hot meal and stuff. And then he just made connections that night who were, with people was helping ex-soldiers. And now, you know, as a result of, you know, a snowball effect of what Ray Wilkins did, like he has, um, you know, he lives in a house, obviously he has a girlfriend who he's about to marry and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just a selfless act from someone, you know, who you would think in the footballing world, these, especially these days, wouldn't take that time out to, you know, speak to a homeless person on the street and help him out. So um, it's sad that the game has lost someone who obviously was, you know, a genuine gentleman. Um, Stoke this week, um, at the end of the season, sorry, Joe, <laughs> Kickoff's been kickoff time's been changed at twelve thirty. Is this has this affected you at all? I've luckily, very luckily, survived. So, um, Virgin Trains did a sort of flash sale, twenty four hours or something, something like that, about two three weeks ago. And my dad saw, oh, I fancy that, and let's do Stoke away. But in order to save any decent amount of money, it was like a nine a.m. train or something. So we get into Stoke at twelve o two. I think that's to be to be. Very close, but I think we'll, we should be able to get to the ground by then. But I can imagine there's going to be a lot of people affected. Yeah. Like... I, I was, I was, as soon as I saw it, well, I say as the season's gone on, really, in the last few weeks, I think it's, it was one that was primed to be moved for TV. So um, I held off a bit and I'm actually making a weekend of it anyway, not to stand stoke. We're going to go, to the... <laughs> We're going to go to the Peak District and um, have a little wander around there on the Sunday because it's the bank holiday weekend. But yeah, I was surprised to hear when people um, were saying that they'd already booked tickets, but you're not the only person I've heard who has said that, that they took advantage of a flash sale. And now obviously those advanced tickets have come back and bit them a little bit. But um you know, it's certainly something that needs to be sorted out with train companies. That if you're a football fan and your game gets moved for TV, that train companies offer you offer you a free, you know, turnaround and stuff. Um, Heskiff, were you driving up or getting a train up to that one? Yeah, I think everyone should consider themselves pretty lucky because I'm driving up to Stoke with miserable Dave Perry, so <laughs> I've definitely got the short straw. Is, um, it, is it just you two in the car? No, thankfully, there's there's I think seven or eight of us going up there, so oh, okay. there'll be uh, other people to. Tell him to shut up, or I was going to say we could have held a competition to share the car up with you. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And Dave has, has told me he didn't listen to last week's podcast, so he's probably not listening now. So I can say what I want. Oh, what a disgrace! Um, it was probably since I slagged him off for his beer belly a couple of weeks ago, right? That he's um he's out now. He doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's done. done. Yeah, he's done. Um, Aaron Wambasaka, unsurprisingly, won the Player of the Month award as voted for by the fans. Joe, do you think that Patrick Van Arnholt can feel a little bit hard done by? Yes, but I, I think the story, just the additional on performances, yes, but in terms of just how 
even by our standards as a club, we kind of like to keep an eye on youth prospects and there are always some names that are always touted to give them a go, like let's say Nye Kirby more recently, but before that it would have been someone like Reese Alassani a couple of years ago. Um, Wan-Bissaka was never one of those names. And so he's come straight in against four of the top six. No, who's he played against? So Chelsea, United, Spurs, Spurs yeah, and Liverpool. Liverpool. And has been has not looked lost in any of those games. Mm. And that that's that's extraordinary really. I, I I can't be I think the danger now is to expect that from him. There is gonna be a patch where he'll probably someone will run rings around him. I don't know when. But um it's a huge sta- uh, standard of a set of amazing bar and he's on merit keeping Fossi Mensa who's supposedly an incredible prospect out of the team. Yeah well we've talked about that a fair bit saying that you know a, over Fosse Mensa, we'd rather one of our own academy graduates, that's for certain. And um, just like talking about how, if it wasn't for injuries, I just don't think we would have ever have seen him in a Palace shirt. He would have ended up somewhere else. You never know if he'd have reached the levels because, you know, being thrown in at the deep end against, you know, the biggest players in the league. If he would have gone on loan to someone else uh, in League One, something like that, he could have, you know, just been a bit down about the whole thing, had rings run round him by some unknown winger in League One. And that's that's pretty much the end of any chance he's got to play in Premier League football. So it's been quite the, quite the rise, but um, I'm all for it. Uh, right, we'll take a break. And then when we come back, we will be talking to the Cherry Chimes. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, we are now joined by a Bournemouth fan, Peter, of the Cherry Chimes. Um, thank you very much for joining us, sir. Oh, thanks very much for inviting me on. Of course, no worries. I read your piece on the Eagles' beak today. Um, very, very good stuff there. So that's why we wanted to get you on, so you can speak to our fans. Um, decent season for Bournemouth so far. Um, give us a quick overview of how it's gone and, you know, a rating out of 10. Oh, it's been a bit up and down, I suppose. We, we uh, started pretty poorly. Um, we were in the bottom three for uh, the early part of the season quite a lot and um, things started to improve around December time and uh, picked up a few points and some important wins really um, uh, in, in the new year have, um, have happened. Um, we beat Arsenal and we beat uh, Chelsea and uh, that kind of uh, put the momentum uh, forward a bit and we moved up the table then. But um, it has been really tight this season and I don't think there's a lot of, between the teams, to be honest, in the bottom ten. Uh, so uh, I'm just glad that we're uh, looking like we're out of it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so were you giving it a six or a seven out of ten? Yeah, about that. I, I, I don't think. I think we've had a few injuries that have slowed us down a little bit of late. But um, I can't, I can't really fault where we are. I can't say we we should be higher in the table. So, um, I, we, I think both Bournemouth fans will be pretty pleased with where we are at the moment. Sounds pretty similar to Palace in terms of you, uh, you'll go and beat Arsenal and Chelsea, but then uh, get thumped at Huddersfield. It was That was quite the result, wasn't it? That was, yeah. We've only um, lost, I think, uh, three games since Christmas. Um, that was the obvious shock one because um, we weren't expecting that, not quite so severe as that. And um, yeah. Spurs, yeah, okay, we, we lost to them. And I think we lost to Wigan in the FA Cup. But um, I think apart from that, we've, only, we've been the top, uh, side outside the top four since Christmas and the amount of points we've got. So, yeah, the Huddersfield game, though, it, it happens, doesn't it? I mean, we beat them something like 4-1 or something at home. We lose 4-1 away. I mean, that's just the way the season's gone, hasn't it? Yeah, well, they duffed us up 3-0 on the opening day and then we got some revenge a couple of weeks ago in the 2-0 win there. 
Um, <laughs> obviously, you've, Bournemouth have scored in, is it 13 straight now? And that's, that's quite some run for a team of Bournemouth stature. Or anyone out of the top six is stature, really. Um, who's Who's been the informed player during this time? Uh, I would say Junior Stanislas. Unfortunately, got injured last game. Um, <laughs> so without him, we are struggling because... Um, Callum Wilson hasn't scored since the Chelsea game, which was the end of January. So he's gone about seven games with no goals. Um, I think most of the fans are hoping that Eddie actually plays Jermaine Defoe up front with King this 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 game um, because uh, Crystal Palace don't seem to go on so well against Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> he's <laughs> but, um, um, your version of Scott Dan, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does it does it to us every time. So uh, yeah, we. I mean, I think. I think we'd be quite happy with a draw if we if we drew against Palace, but um, I think you probably could even be, even though you're at, we're uh, at home. I think you could be slight favourites for this one because your form's been great. You've just been really unlucky, I think. Yeah, it's it's funny that um, fans seem to realise that pundits just seem to look at results and just write us off as saying we've been terrible. Where in reality, in those games, we really haven't. We've you know had a lot of injuries, and now the players are starting to come back as well for us. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll be absolutely fine, but. You just we genuinely have the easiest run in on a points per game basis than anyone else in the Premier League. So, but of course, the problem is if you lose those games, you're losing to the teams around you at the bottom. So it's gonna it could be squeaky bum time, but you know we'll we'll have to see how it goes this weekend. Um, out of the out of the Palace lineup, who who's it who worries you the most? Although I, I don't know why I ever asked this question because I know the answer. <laughs> it's obviously, Will. <laughs> Um, Patrick Van Aanholt as, as well is a is a good player. You know he's he's had some good form. So um, you know uh, if you get a penalty, no doubt you'll, uh, your midfielder. What's his? I can't remember pronounce his name. Mil- Milivojevic. Yeah, Milivojevic. he'll probably score. No, so, but Scott Scott Dan is always a threat. At, you know set pieces. He, he I don't know what he's got against us, but he just mm. always scores. I would if I was a Palace fan, I'd certainly have a bet on him for for the first goal scorer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, he's out for a long time. But he was, um, I think he became the first centre-back in the Premier League era to score in three consecutive games against the same team. Right. Um, so no one's done that before. Um, ben Tucky's not, not playing, is he? He's going to groin strain, he's out. Yeah, well, it, that's going to be seen tomorrow. I mean, you complain about Callum Wilson not scoring since the end of January. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ben, he's got a groin. We'll find out tomorrow. I mean, the problem that is for us, it creates is we don't have another fit striker. We did bring one in January, but he's also out with a hamstring problem. Um, just like the rest of our team is basically out with some sort of injury problem. It's, I've never known anything like it. But um, yeah, so Ben Teke, um, if he's missing, Wolf, it's likely that Wilf Zaha will play more forward, but we'll have to see how that goes. But um, it's definitely a big plus. As much as Palace fans will say that Ben Teke has been struggling for goals, <laughs> his all-around play certainly hasn't been struggling. So he's been linking play really well. Um, it's just confidence that is eluding him. Right, um, this this may sound like controversial to you, but since Bournemouth got promoted, for me, you've been the dirtiest team we've played against. <laughs> really? How do you, do you see yourself as like a, a professional team in terms of being dirty? Mm, not particularly. I, mean, I look at the fouls that are given against us, um, and we're nowhere near the top of the league for the amount of yellow cards or anything like that. So, if we are the dirtiest team, then we've got to be very clever at it. I mean, I think one or two of our players who haven't played so much are probably um, uh, are one of the ones you maybe, Mr. Harry Arter, maybe, <laughs> yes, has, has got a bit of a reputation. Um, but Apart from him, I don't know. Um, I think uh, Josh King plays with his arms quite a lot. He's quite strong and physical. 
Um, Harry Arter and Fraser are the two that are really dirty in my mind. Oh, no, not not Mr. Pugh for maybe simulating or anything like that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I think we've got a bit of a record against, I don't know, maybe more against Watford. But, um, yeah, Fra- Fraser's not the biggest guy in the world, is he? So, I mean, he goes down maybe a bit easy, but I think he's near to the ground and he's quite small. And I think the speed he travels at, it's, it's probably not as easy for him to stay on his feet anyway. But I think we could say certain things about some of your players as well going over. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> He goes over when he's fouled and only when he's fouled. And that is all, right. all we'll have said about it. <laughs> right, we end on a prediction, mate. So what, what do you think the score is going to be? Um, I actually think, oh, you could win this one, but I'm I'm fingers crossed that it might be 1-1. But I honestly think you're the favourites to win this. I think you could win 2 or 3-1 if Zaha's on form. Um, we've, while you say we've, we've uh, scored 13 in a row, games we've also let in at least 13 in those games as well so if we can get a draw I think we'd be delighted with that but um, Roy Hodgson's got to win a match sooner or later so I'm afraid it might be us I'm a bit worried about that well, what you've got is a bunch of South London South Palace London. fans on their commute to work tomorrow morning laughing down there laughing on their train journey <laughs> at, at predicting we're going to win 3-1, 3-1. <laughs> there you go Peter thanks for joining us pal and uh, good luck for the rest of the season and for you hope you stay up Homesdale Radio preview podcast crowdfunded by Palace fans for Palace fans right so thanks to Peter from the Cherry Chimes there Um, it's funny that he doesn't see them as a dirty team right Heskiff yeah I mean fair play to saying that he knows art is dirty but um, (laughs) but yeah Bournemouth Bournemouth for a dirty little team they spiteful little team if you ask me yeah, they're very professional. They just get away with it. He he, he didn't realise that he hit the nail on the head. He's like, we must be very clever at getting away with it. Yes, you are, mate. <laughs> you exactly are. Um, right, another week, another injury. Uh, we've heard um, Sam go on enough about all our injured players. So, Joe, you can you can take rein on this one. Christian Benteke potentially out, as we were just discussing there with Peter. Um, is he a big miss or not? I think he is. When there's no alternative, I think there is. He's a massive loss because it's it's clear we we know where he's struggling with, and it's goals. It's or, or let's say it's the ball at his feet. I think he scored yeah. one one goal of his feet in the league since eight in twelve to eighteen months or something stupid, which was that happened to be that great one against Chelsea. But if if it's on it's, it's I'm going on a tangent here, but the. the the thing that always bothered me with, with Benteke and at the moment is he's best in the air, but I feel like we don't ever really give the kind of crosses in the box to him, like as we were in the Allardyce era, that he would kind of crash. Like Leicester at home last season, I think is an example where he there was no one beating him to the to the ball for that equaliser. Mm. Um, I just don't think we had too many of those instances. Zaha likes to play it along the ground. Zaha um, Townsend will cut inside, but it's more of a shot. Anyway, that's the I'm digressing on the point. When if we had Saul off it, I'd be okay with it because it's a viable alternative. It's what he was signed to be, and probably justifies a chance over Benteke at the moment if he was fit. But without either of them, it means I don't know trying the Zaha Townsend pair up again, which had a it worked against Chelsea. The element of surprise, but it was mixed at best after that. It didn't really. I never felt confident with it after that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I don't really want to promote it after he stood us up last week. But when I was reading Vince Hilaire's book, he was talking about how under Terry Venables, they 
the wingers had trigger uh, triggers. So depending where they were on the edge of the box or by the side of the box is what sort of cross they would deliver. So the strikers knew what kind of ball would be coming into the box. And it doesn't, that doesn't seem to be a thing for us where, you know, like the, the goal against this, you know, we're playing Bournemouth this weekend, the goal against Bournemouth last season that Benteke scored, that's the service you've got to be giving him. Yeah. That just stand it up to the back post. Nobody's beating him in the air. If he's got to run on someone, just stand it up. And this, you know, there's just been nothing simple like that. The only good service he seems to have had in the box this season for a header has either resulted in a world-class save from the goalkeeper. I'm thinking Huddersfield on the opening day here. Um, yeah. Or the, the one at Leicester, and he buried it. So, it's, but you're right. You touched on how he finishes with his feet. Um, <laughs> go on, Heskip. You can have a little go on his uh, two misses in the last game. Uh, that uh, uh, People go mad more about the second one, but I just thought the first one was appalling. Yeah, I, I don't want to be seen as the, you know, the, the guy who just slates Bentec every week because I, I do actually quite like him, mm. uh, and I think as you mentioned earlier, his all-round play is is pretty good and he's chasing stuff down. And I said in previous previous pods, much like Joe did there, if you put the right kind of ball in, you know, he's odds on to get a goal. But the problem is, he it just doesn't seem to be going his way because a couple of times in the past few games he's tried to take an extra touch to get a better shot on goal and ended up stumbling or getting tackled. So I say, you know, just hit it. If you get a chance, just smack it. But then the two that he just smacked against Liverpool didn't obviously go in. And I mean, yeah, they, they were both bad. You've you got to get them on target at least. And I think if you get those on target, you'll score. You know, it. Mm. I, Confidence, I'm sure, is is not is not great for him. But if you're a striker whose job it is to score, then more than twice this season you should be getting, you know, you should be getting goals. One of those two has to go in, and I think we go two one up in that game because we looked we looked pretty pretty comfortable. I thought at that point, and I think if we'd gone two one up and and maybe Liverpool pushed on a bit and we'd knocked that ball over the top that worked a few times first half. I think we come away with a win in that game rather than another gutting late defeat. Mm. Um, so I don't want to keep levelling every, everything at his door, but you know they're, they're the chances you've got to take. And he's he's we spent a lot of money on him to take those chances. So mm. yeah, unfortunately um, for him, it's it's not gone right. But like Joe said, without a real alternative at the moment, I, I do hope that he he pulls through and, and plays on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't enjoy it. There's been loads of Palace fans that they're obviously trolling a little bit, but, you know, rejoicing in the fact that he's injured and stuff like that. Um, I really don't like to see that because that's not going to help him and it's certainly not going to help his confidence. And this might be controversial, Joe, but do you think he's finally, it's just, it's hit him enough and he's actually crying off a little bit with this injury and it might not actually be as, as real as it could be? I hope not. I really hope not, because there's no coming back from that at that point, is there? Really, he's on. He's got his head turned in the summer. It's the, the nice, whether it's a, a nice easy stroll in China, fancy a year over there. I don't know. Someone's got in his ear, but I, I, I really hope not, because you do. I think once a player has that idea that oh, the fans aren't on my side, even if the fans have kind of given them another chance, there's a bit of redemption there. It might just stay in their head. The noise keeps. I think Wayne Hennessy is an example of that, where people there are a lot of people that obviously clearly don't like him, but he's even said to fans 
out and about in the street. People have, I've seen Twitter anecdotes and people saying, well, he goes, oh, yeah, none of you like me, though. And you think if that's kind of how he goes into every game, you're like, yeah, they hate me. There's only so much sports psychology sessions you can have. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, think, I mean, for me, I'd, people are still trying to get on him. I think Wayne's been very decent for the last seven or eight games. Um, people love to jump on it with the Mane goal uh, that was disallowed. And yeah, perhaps he should have been better there. But I actually genuinely think he's been doing all right recently. Um, but, you know, people people won't say it. Um, and it's, it takes a lot for fans and people generally to have to reconsider a strong opinion they have about someone or and yeah. take that beyond football as well. It's yeah. to unfeel that kind of, I'm, I'm sure that this is a terrible player or I'm sure he's done. It's, yeah, it's just not happening. Yeah, it's a bit like me having to forgive Stormzy for supporting May United when <laughs> But rapping, I'm so London, I'm so South. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, tell him that next time you see him. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's stay on there, Joe. Do you think if he is injured, do you think the break will do him good? If it's just a slight injury that's going to keep him out of the spotlight for a couple of weeks, do you reckon he could, uh, having a couple of games out and then coming back for a run-in could help him? Uh, I think it will depend on the results that follow in his absence. Because I feel, I feel if we were to get a decent couple of results without him, I think in a weird way that would it wouldn't we wouldn't be as desperate for him to return, and the pressure is all back on again. Whereas I think if we lost these games without him, mm. but then equally if we had a couple of bad results, he comes back and there's this huge swell of support, all the ch- you know everyone rallying behind him because the better, the bigger cause is more important than what we think of him. It's like well, we need you to score, like and I don't know, it's. Any time for him off the pitch is probably going to help him, I think. It's just not when there's nobody else. <laughs> well, in the past, um, we've stuck a right back up front and he scored a hat-trick. So, Heskiff, Wan-Bissaka? Yeah, why not? Um, although, uh, as, as everyone knows, that perfect hat-trick was against Wayne Hennessy. So, I don't know how. Um, but what I was, just, I was just thinking when Joe was talking there, that if he does miss this game, what a game to come back and win the fans over with a with a hat trick than right. Brighton up. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I was thinking. But um I touched on one Bissaka there, but just just to sort of lead me into this really, with he's he's you know coming into the team with such a bang. Um could we look to the youth team? I mean, James Daly's been having a fantastic season in the under 23s. He's been scoring a fair amount of goals. Um, I've seen him play and he fits our style of play. He's not as um, tall as Ben Teke, but he certainly plays very, very well with his back to goal. Looks to be very strong for his age. So could he get a shout? How old is he? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure. So Heskiff, answer my question and I'll tell you how old he is. Um, I, it, it's a tough one to come in. I think there's a striker when at a time when we really need goals, to be honest. I haven't, I've only seen the highlights of him, you know, on the, on the digital site and that I haven't been to see the, the under 23s play, but you know, it's, it's a very tough ask to put him in and say, we have to score and we have to beat these teams to stay up. It's all on you. You know, you compare that to Serlot who he's played first team football for, for a few, for a few years now, international football for, for a couple of years. So, I think it's a big step up. I mean, you know, it'd be great to see him on the bench. And and if, a big if, we have managed to mathematically stay up, 
then give them a go at the end of the season. That would be great. Um, but I'm not sure that I would want to put someone in at this stage of the season when we really do need to to, to get some goals. I mean, if he does and he scores, you know, like we did with Clinton Morrison. Um, Ibris Akaja, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Ibris Akaja, yeah. Um, that's a very good shout. Um, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's a sort of uh, the big story if it happens, but... Uh, I'm I'm not convinced that now's the time to put him in myself, to be honest. Right, Joe, the answer to your question, are you ready for this sickening? He was born in the year 2000. Oh. <laughs> uh, he's 18 years old. He turned 18 in January. So um, and ju- I'm just looking, his picture's looking back at me on the screen right now and he, he looks like he's about 12. <laughs> but um, but like I say, I saw him in, in the, um, I went to the FA Youth Cup game when we lost to Newcastle and, he was brilliant in that game and he made me look out for him now when they put the under 23 highlights up and stuff and he he fits the bill he's definitely our style of striker so um i don't know i mean like you know anyone would have said oh god don't play one pasaka put van arnholt right back or kelly right back or something like that but he's come in and um he's proven everyone wrong so I don't know. Maybe it's an option, but we shall certainly see. Um, it might obviously all be a false dawn because, of course, Benteke might be fit. Um, uh, at, at, at the very least, just to kind of give some hope. Otherwise, because yeah. in these scenarios, yeah, it's it's a horrible circumstance to bring him in. A lot of pressure, but yeah. I just feel like, you know, if the, the bench we've been putting out and recently, it's been very defensive. A lot of fullbacks just because they're fit. I think Suarez, with a fit, with a fitter squad, Suarez wouldn't be anywhere near the squad, I don't think. Uh, Lee Lee's another example. It's probably our only forward option. So I feel like if we had to chase a game, we desperately needed a point. You'd, I'd rather bring on him, who, young and experienced, probably too slight, but also confident. You know, he's, he's in form. Mm. I'd rather that than Chung Yong Lee or, yeah. or yeah, and... and if we have nothing else I'd, I'd, so I, I think it would be good to give him some experience travelling tomorrow or for the weekend yeah and it might, the belief one Basaka would have given the rest of that youth team in terms of like well if he can do it I can do, go and do it as well we'd be coming in with probably a little bit less fear than he might have done um, at a different time so I don't like I say it's just mere speculation on my part I don't know anything about whether he would get a look in or not but um I think he's certainly one for the future, that's for sure. Uh, Hodgson also said in his press conference that uh, there's no new returns. So Heskiff, no Tompkins, he's still out. Uh, it, it seemed like a matter of time before he got injured. He was the one who was always injured. And um, <laughs> we went for an injury crisis and the only one who could stay fit. But he's a huge miss, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's a massive miss. I think I've jinxed him as well. I said a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, we're only one James Tompkins injury away from peril. And here he is injured. So, yeah, it's a big loss because I think when uh, the press conference before the Liverpool game happened, it, it sort of sounded like, yeah, he might make this game, but probably he wouldn't and he'd be back for Bournemouth. Yeah. So I wasn't I wasn't too worried. And, I, I, you know, we, I think we Kelly, who's his replacement, played all right. Mm. Um, but that's more with, you know, in the back of my head, well, Tonks is back on, uh, you know, against Bournemouth. So it's not really an issue. Now that he's still out and there's no sort of news on him coming back, it's a bit worrying because if it was only a slight injury, but it's now kept him out for two games, potentially more, we don't know, um, then, yeah, it's it's a massive blow. And he, as we've said in previous weeks, he's one of, if not 
the leading contender for player of the year. So we really need him back, you know, very soon. Yeah, and what you need in an injury crisis is to just go and play a team that's going to kick lumps out of you. So um, come <laughs> come Saturday afternoon, uh, will you be? Are you going to see the Manor after the game, Joe? I am indeed. Um, I it, it as a result, I think I'm not going to the game, and I think if I had, it's just as well, really, because if I'd have had to combine the two, that would have been a, a bit. Well, I can't even imagine. A few of us are going down to the game and coming straight back for the gig. Amazing. Um, so by then, we'll probably have another three injuries thanks to Bournemouth. Yeah, it was like last season was the Chelsea game. Did you do? You yeah. Did you, both, did you last time? I I, went, I did both that time. Yeah. That that's what I've tried to learn my lesson because I couldn't feel my legs and <laughs> I, I luckily had it was standing against the post that kind of held me up straight. But that atmosphere, they yeah, I could be thrown around the place. I was. So good luck to you lot doing the both of them. Yeah. Um, to all the Palace fans out there, of course, you've you've probably heard of the Manor by now. They played a lot of match days. Um, there's obviously a Palace fan in their ranks. Um, if you ever get a chance to go and see them live, you just have to. It is quite the experience, I would say. I've, I think they probably have the rowdiest gigs I've ever seen, probably just mental. So if you're, if you're past the age of like 25, stand at the back and just watch the carnage unfold. But um uh, well, hope to see some of you there that on the weekend. Right, we're going to go off sh- quick break and then we'll be back with some predictions. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio, preview podcast, crowdfunded by Palace fans, for Palace fans. Well, Heskiff, we were both very close last week, just on the wrong side. So you went 3-1 to Liverpool, so just not quite right there. I went 2-1 Palace, but... um. You know, with the Mane, you know, handball and all of that at 1-1, I feel like I was very close there. But Albert, not here to smug it up. He he said 2-1, so um, he was correct there. Uh, what do you reckon this week, Heskiff? Do you, um, did, what did you vote on the poll? On the poll, we had uh, the options were cherry picking, cherry-ish to point. This is awful. Like, I, when I'm writing these down in the poll, I'm, like, giving them to myself. But when I have to read them back in front of other people, I'm like... Uh, and dirty cherries for the loss and it was basically almost even 31% for the win 35% for the draw and 34 for a Bournemouth win uh are you in the 34% I mean it's surprising no one I've gone I've gone home win um <laughs> yeah I it's going to be tough like I, I really have a really irrational dislike of Bournemouth I, I, they just annoy me because of all the media hype about what a great manager Eddie Howe is and the lovely football they're playing all that, it does my head in. So it, it goes, you know, it, it basically because of that, they're going to beat us and it'll wind me up. So <laughs> I, I think I think it'll be 2-1 to Bournemouth. 
I mean, the easy thing is just to say Luke is going to score a penalty. So I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's just a safe bet, isn't it? I mean, why everyone isn't betting on Luca anytime at the moment, I have no idea. Um, Joe, what do you think it's going to be? I voted for Cherish the point, just that, but even that I feel is quite um, optimistic. I'd, I've, if we've been techie fit, I think we can we can get the win. But if he's missing and we have to kind of change it up again. I don't know. I'm not confident of us keeping a clean sheet. Normally I am, but um, Defoe lurking in the six-yard box. Mm. And if, I don't know, Mamadou Sako, I love him. If, if he decides to have his uh, weekly brain fart when Defoe's lurking, that could be disastrous. Yeah, I mean, Defoe always concerns me. He just scores so many goals against us. It's ridiculous. I'm sure he scored more goals against us than games he's played. So if he's anywhere in and around that team. Uh, Bournemouth seem to be the absolute specialist at scoring late goals. And guess what we're the specialist at? Conceding them. So, um, I can see us probably leading the game going into the last 10 minutes and ending up drawing. So... I'm going to go for an optimistic 2-2. It's so funny that the Bournemouth fan was saying that I really think that you could beat us and comfortably predicting 3-1 or suggesting that it could be. But um, like I said, everyone's going to be chuckling at that. But 2-2, um, yeah, Luca's got to score a penalty, right? And um, I, don't know, it's, I don't know, it's about time Kabaya scored. And has he even scored this season? Because it was Chelsea was deflected. It ended up being given as an own goal, didn't it? So I don't off the top of my head, I don't think he scored a goal. So, um, yeah, that will uh, get people talking if he does score at about the new contracts. Uh, just, we'll touch on that quickly. Two, two, two line answers, Sam. New contract for Kobaya? I would like to give him one, but I reckon he'll be off. And what about the contract? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Joe, what do you reckon? Um, I'd like to see him given another deal, not for the same money. Um, but I assume I've just always assumed he's got an eye on Marseille or just a nice little return to France in the summer. Yeah, I bet if we can get him for like you know thirty percent off his wages, then I think we should get another season out of him if we can. Um, you know, I, I haven't done the stats and checked what the points we lose when Kabaya comes off the field is because I feel like he gets substituted a lot of the time when we're either winning or drawing, and then by the time the game's finished, those points have gone. Um, yeah, he's um, he's he's regularly substituted after the hour between yeah. 60 and 70 minutes, which is fine when you've got people on the bench to bring on. But yeah. the last couple of months, it's been very telling that we've how we've dropped off once he's gone off. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think if we if we do renew his contract, we'll need to take that seventy minute clause out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I, he puts in ninety minutes every now and then and looks all right. I don't know. Um, he seems to find the extra yards. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm only going to pick one prediction we had out from a fan. That was from uh, Navis tweeting. He said it's going to be three 0 to Bournemouth. Um, in 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 Nav's Twitter name, it says uh, something along the lines of deluded um was it deluded paranoid and embarrassment uh i think that's what he's been called on twitter in the past and i think that um <laughs> that prediction slots into all three of those quite nicely <laughs> <laughs> certainly embarrassment as that would be right look short break and then skiff's going to be telling us what dave's been moaning about homesdale radio preview podcast crowdfunded by palace fans for palace fans Okay, Heskiff, shoot. What's, what, what's Dave's problem this week? Well, th- th- this is the thing. 
he's done a complete 180. So I, I think it's apt that it, it happened over April Fool's weekend. Um, <laughs> but other than just now, literally just now, when he texted me that Defoe scores 90, 90% of his goals against Palace, which means we're going to lose, which is a par for the course. Um, the other messages have been about culture. They've been about visiting museums. Um quantifying that I was in Vienna doing all those things and he said that he didn't do it enough and then we started talking about Amaretto so <laughs> that says a fair bit about how my holiday went which was great but also um yeah a bit weird that he hasn't moaned at me really he called Sky a, a bad name after the Stoke game got moved um but he seems quite happy and I don't know if it is a just an elongated April Fools or whether he's now not miserable anymore and, and if it's the latter my mind will be blown I feel like he's one of those people that thrives when things are going bad you know he loves, he loves it. it so when it's all going well like you know he just he, he can moan but no one really listens but when it's um when it's going really bad it's just an I told you so moment for everyone so actually that, now you said that well I just remembered when we walked in to the Glaciers after the game, the Liverpool game, I was in the queue to get a drink, hadn't even seen him. He walked up, smacked me on the back and started giving Sacco some abuse as if I'd paraded around saying that he's never put a foot wrong. Um, so I got told off for Sacco for literally no reason for a good for a good 30 seconds before I then offered him a drink and he shut up after that. Yeah, it did... I don't know how to say this without sounding because it's funny that you remember when we won 2-1 at Anfield and uh, Sacco and Benteke did that little handshake on the pitch and Liverpool fans lost the plot a bit. I thought Sacco was probably at fault for arguably both goals in that game. Um, and it did a little bit at the end when he was like walking around shaking all the hands of Liverpool players, doing little handshakes and high fives and stuff. Like It was a bit annoying, wasn't it? I was... Probably more concerned with shouting some abuse at Jordan Henderson, if I'm honest, to have noticed. But yeah, I mean, I loved it when he did it with Benteke. I, I absolutely loved it. But yeah, if it's on the other foot, it probably would have wound me up, to be honest, if I'd have seen it. Yeah, and that's another tick in the Benteke box. He did nutmeg Jordan Henderson on the week on the weekend, which seemed to go under the radar quite greatly. Um, it's, I think it might be the, in the build-up to the counter-attack, which they counter us when we give it away and they score their second goal but um <laughs> he holds the ball he holds the ball up on the halfway line holds two defenders off and then nutmegs Jordan Henderson is beautiful so go back search through the highlights for that one because it's a joy to behold and um you know in the future that's a highlights package and everyone will be like oh wasn't Ben Teke great uh, <laughs> right. uh we'll end that there and then we'll just come back to say goodbye I think there are 99 reasons to hate Brighton homophobia doesn't need to be one of them follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace so the end is upon us um Billiam thank you in the background sir um work your magic on the double voice backs with Bournemouth please um I could I could hear myself talking to him um if if the listeners can hear that you've you've basically failed at your job mate and um i don't know what we pay you for <laughs> um sam thank you as always cheers mate Are you going to bournemouth i am i am did you find oh, a ticket yeah. for the missus i did not okay so well she, she, she we went on holiday for four days together so she needs a break from me to be fair 
<laughs> okay. Well, I've, we've been on this call for about 45 minutes and I need a break, so um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, thank you for joining us. Um, I definitely will get you on more often, mate, because I love having you on. Um, thank you. I'll, I'll, yeah, always welcome. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, good. And uh, go follow Joe on Twitter. And um, if you're into your more sort of, what are we talking? Do, is it still described as urban music, Joe? Depends who you ask. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, been rebranded as grime. Grime to mean all. Any any black kids that rap, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah that 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 world over there. I'd I'd, I'd uh, you can call it what you want. I'm I'm long past getting energised about those debates and music <laughs> that stuff. Yeah, I feel I feel like my Twitter. I feel sorry for everybody that follows me because you have a Palace fans who don't want to hear about the music stuff, or your music fans who go, "Oh, he talks about Palace a lot." Everyone in the music industry that I work and speak to go, "Oh yeah, you're the Palace fan." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I think the Venn diagram of your Twitter followers, Joe, is me. Yes, and I'm, that's that's I'm, that's how we met because it is. I'm in for all of it, and to, to write for FYP because it was just like me and you in a world of lost football fans and in rap and grime. Right. It, it done so well into the last minute, and then he's mentioned FYP. What an outrage! Yeah, <laughs> only once we went and did our own thing, didn't we? Flying high because that's yeah. the real one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the Sunday show this week, uh, when we will be talking. Well, I say we, um, the Royal We will be talking about the Bournemouth win. I hope. Um, Chris this week is joined by Albert. Oh, they've stolen Albert off of us. Look at that. Um, Alex Penge and Nick, Nick Gusset will be the team on Sunday. Um, and obviously look out for Love Sport, the podcast version of the live radio show, um, which should be available tomorrow morning, the Friday morning that is. I've got to get better at doing that. And um, we will be back next weekend with It's the Big One. It is the big one, uh, the Brighton preview. So we'll be back Thursday next week at 10 p.m. from all good podcast outlets. So until the next time, up the palace. Eagles. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.